Welcome to the Seacoast Dynasty League Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we discuss the latest news in the NFL, everything that's going on in our league, and why the Pro Bowl voting is a conspiracy. This is the 2019 Season Podcast, Episode 6. Welcome everyone to the Seacoast Dynasty League Podcast. This is your host, Giovanni Montenegro. I'm joined today by my co-host, Jake Beltran. What it is, what it do. And... Okay, so we said last time, like, Armageddon was coming because he showed up. Like, what happens when Armageddon comes twice? Like, is it is that it's possible? A, it's a double Armageddon. <gasps> double Armageddon! It's so beautiful. <laughs> you guys hear that? We've got our resident expert, Tony Herrera, in the house. Welcome, Tony. Thank you, thank you. Expert of all things Tony. <laughs> all things Tony. <laughs> What 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 are all things Tony? Uh, it's all things. All things. <laughs> all, all things Tony. Great. All right. That. So I don't know if any of you guys have already listened to Francisco and Jesus's podcast, the Fantasy Xers. That's like the nine nine cent store version of yeah. our podcast. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidting. <laughs> That's Irish. Just Shots kidding. Fired. Francisco, she loved your podcast. Thrown. You guys had great content. <laughs> um. So, but you guys hit on some of the things we want to talk about. So we're gonna kind of. Um, maybe make, make ours a little bit more focused. Um, we have a bunch of the end of the year awards in, in our league. And we thought that the best way to kind of talk about the season, give a little recap of what's happened, the good moments, the bad was to give our nominees. The, the first thing I did want to say, um, we had pro bowl voting this last week. We'll talk later on in the podcast about, uh, what the rosters are going to look like and who's going to lead each of those teams. Now that, by the way, uh, Tony, Jake, myself, we all have the results, but we haven't looked at them yet. Uh, so the final results from the Pro Bowl voting are in. So this is going to be a live reaction that we're going to sh- give you guys uh, on the podcast. Um, but the Pro Bowl coaches, that is not coach of the year. That That's like who we just, who gets voted in as a Pro Bowl coach, you know, get, get, get a nod for like who we think was a good coach or made, maybe made the best lineup decisions, which doesn't exactly factor into coach of the year. Whereas Coach of the Year, we're going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about who we think our Coach of the Year nominees are. Well, who we nominate, pardon me, as the Rookie of the Year. It's like the best rookie draft pick of the year. Um, we're going to talk about our Bust of the Year, the worst rookie draft pick of the year. And we'll talk about our worst coach. Um, I don't know what we're going to call it. We're going to call it the Brita. The What would you call it, Tony? The Pooped in My Big Boy Pants co- Coach of the Year. Uh, the, poop, the Pooped in My Big Boy Pants Award? Okay, like I'll take that. I like, like it. We might name it after Jake, like the Jake Award. The Jake Award. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, that's messed that's up. Fair. I'm sorry. Okay, so... Um, Just speaking facts. <laughs> big facts. Big facts. Bad facts. <laughs> so, <laughs> why don't we start with this? Um, Jake, who is your nominee for coach of the year and why? I'm going to go with my boy, Jesus Valenzuela, a.k.a. the Dragon Slayer. 
I mean, we all knew it was coming, right? Mm-hmm. He it's deserves like, it. He yeah. deserves to be in the conversation at least, at least. Yeah, be in the conversation at least one nomination. He has to be a part of the list of nominees for Coach of the Year. Um, he has throughout this whole season has proved me wrong, despite you know how his uh, roster looks uh, on paper. But week after week, he keeps doing the upset, winning games that really matter. Uh, defeating the titans of our league. Uh, yeah, so that's my nomination for Coach of the Year. Okay. Would you say that, like, because he won some of those games, maybe they, he wasn't supposed to on paper, but, like, he obviously did, and he, he destroyed some of the big teams. I know on the fantasy extras, they went through, like, his schedule and talked about the wins that he got. Uh, I know I was one of those, one of his victims. Like, uh, yes, it yes. hurt. <laughs> um but like did did that make him the coach of the year um like because i think i think we all thought we, we i i had jesus ranked like right in the middle so i thought he was going to be like a middle of the road maybe 7 and 6 mm-hmm. a 8 and 5 kind of team did the fact that he got those wins that he wasn't supposed to kind of bump him up in your eyes i feel like it had a little factor to it obviously in my opinion i don't think it was the majority that made me reason he should be coach of the year because wins uh, have so many different factors depending yeah. on whether players outperform underperform or they just perform in general um but just to the fact that we all kind of analyzed his roster and said that he was essentially a pretender he wasn't going to make it to the playoffs he we didn't think he was going to have win most of his his games anyways um but I feel like he's just he he grinded it out. He did his research. He made moves off uh, free agency, made trades week in week out. Um, so I feel like he really did put in the work, rolled up his sleeves, and you know, grinded it out, so to speak. Cool. I I can agree with that because I think like the criteria for coach of the year is so fluid. It's not like a, a defined set of set of things like get ten wins, win coach of the year or something. Yeah. You know. Like, but I do think that if you're looking at somebody who, who put the effort in, made pickups every week, was talking about it, was reading stuff. I know our trade deadline is a little earlier in the year, but making trades, like trying to look ahead, like Jesus deserves to be in the conversation because of that effort that he put in. Yeah, exactly. Um, as far as record goes, like the same thing they talked about, like Francisco had just a couple less points, but way less wins. You look, You look at people like, Arturo, Arturo had the same amount of points as Jesus, you know, like just about, they were, they were off by like maybe 20, I think points, but a much different record. Jake, you were like 200 points off, which is quite a bit, Yeah. but week to week, that's only like 10 points, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, was, was he doing something special or was it just stuff was falling his way? I don't know if it matters because that effort, that time that he put in, I think that makes him a super great nominee, Tony. With the Dragon Slayer already taken, that that was that was a pretty easy nominee, I have to say. Who do you want to nominate for Coach of the Year? By the way, it is okay to nominate yourself. No, I'm not going to nominate myself <laughs> because I think even going into the year, I was already a, a favorite for a okay. playoff team. And is that not co- like that's what I'm wondering? Like, what is Coach of the Year? I think this is where this is where I wanted to add my two cents coach of the year you're right it's so fluid it could be based on a variety of different factors i mean if we look back real quickly at jesus like you guys were talking about 
Jesus, um, there's no other way to say it than I feel like he got lucky <laughs> considering looking at yeah. his roster. Uh, he did he did amazing for what he had to work with. I mean, look at even right now, moving into the playoffs, I think he's starting like, I don't even know his name, Griffin from the Texans Ryan as Gr- a tight end. Yeah, oh, Ryan Griffin, I think From the Jets. For the Jets. Yeah, he used to be on the Texans. Um, his roster is not, no offense to Jesus, it's not very <laughs> impressive from, from a fearful point of view. Obviously, he had those crazy wins against major teams which made everyone call him the dragon slayer rightly so i even lost to him yeah so obviously he well, he had what it took well to, if you to lost to him tony then he must <laughs> he must be the dragon because <laughs> that would only make sense but yeah, still exactly. i mean he, like i said i i think he definitely qualifies as coach of the year not because oh my god he did some so so great with his amazing wins but he did it with the cast at hand cool. i look at that as very impressive that's why i look at him absolutely as coach of the year but he's not the, the person who I would pick anyway. Definitely, I knew one of you guys were going to pick him. Who I picked for Coach of the Year, um, and this is just not – this is maybe more sentimental than it is factual, but I was looking specifically at Jonathan Garcia as Ooh. Coach of the Year. Because Jonathan Garcia – I don't know if you guys noticed. This is the first year that he didn't have a losing record. <laughs> so Jonathan Garcia – sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, like for those of you who don't know, Johnny went 5-8 and eight his first year. Uh, one of those games was by like two points, so so it could have been six and seven. Next year he went six and seven. The year after that he went six and seven. The year after that he also went six and seven. So he broke the he streak. Broke yep. He finally went seven and six. The conspiracy people <laughs> let him have this because he finally has a winning record of seven and six. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to get him into the playoffs, although it was close. Considering I think John Wiley's in with eight and five or eight something five, like that. Yeah. So he was only one game away, technically, of, become, of, of well, being playoff contention. The, playoffs, the right. interesting thing was um, Mikey and John are both in at 8-5, and five, but uh, Johnny was winning in because his his division. He would have been division leader if he had won his game versus Mikey in the last week. Like, yeah. all he had to do was win, win the game, and, yeah, and that was it. Win. Like, it, it wouldn't have mattered his his record or points. He would have had the, the tiebreaker on his own division, so he would have won. Well, I mean, just if I can f- real quick finish up with Johnny, his roster is beautiful from a building point of view. You got young studs on there. You got people like Tyreek Hill. You got people like, who are up Saquon, and coming, like Saquon. Saquon. I mean, Saquon's already amazing. Randall Cobb was able to help him out this year. Edelman's able to help him out. I don't know long term about that, but he's got the building blocks. He's got a great long term. Josh Allen, Hunter Henry, Marquise yeah. Brown. Uh, I mean, Carlos Hyde, he has some guys who are still on their way out and some guys who are just coming in. So I, I look at him as an absolutely coach of the year, not only because he's got finally that winning record, but also because he's got the building box to continue a dynasty. Nice. That's some good points. I, I actually didn't have Johnny on my short list. So that's why it's, I like having this conversation because I feel like if Johnny had won his game versus Mikey and had gotten in, I hate to say that like, cause wins go either way, but if he had gotten in for his first appearance in the playoffs, he would have been like pushed right into that list for me, but I, I didn't necessarily have him. So we'll, we'll add him. I had such a hard time, like trying to think of my nominee because obviously Jesus is there. Um, and I had three others who I think deserve to be in the conversation. So I don't know. Is it okay if I give three nominees? Let's make it, make it a group of five. Or do you look at them all equally? <sighs> or are they, are they tiered? Are they all, different ranked in your or different, well different it's because reasons. they're all they they all have different reasons like yeah, go ahead and give them okay 
So, and then we'll talk about it, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, so, yeah. my first, uh, obviously, we all know that, like, my heart is a little bit attached. He's never on the chat, but he always texts me. <laughs> so, like, um, and, and I think, like, the... I've, I've always been able to make good deals with him. And it's funny, like half his starting roster used to be on my team. <laughs> like, but because we made like trades, like John Wiley, I, I think did a good job. He, he, he like determined early lat or like early in the off season that he said he wanted to compete this year and was like willing to sell to compete. Mm-hmm. And he did it. He lived up to his goal. Um, I think he lost a couple games that he probably should have won. But his team is scary. If you, if, I, I feel like a strong team is built on wide receivers and then running backs take them over the hump. Um, his running backs may not be there, but his receivers are going to be good for like this year, next year, maybe the year after that. Mm-hmm. They're all alphas. I agree. Like he's got a solid base. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the fact that he like knew what he wanted to do, committed to it, and accomplished that goal. Like, I think that has to be up there. Like, he knew he wanted to compete. He made some moves. Yeah, he took some losses, but he's been a scary team. And and as far as points scored, yeah, he's a little bit behind Tony, but he's ahead of people like Jesus. He's right there where, where like, Mikey and Jason are and stuff. So, like, he's there. And, And... I just think he's done a good job with his team. You know, remember he's, he's another one of our orphan owners who like came in, took over a team that was not in good shape and and has essentially rebuilt his entire roster. You know, someone like Jesus is only one year into that. John is now in his, what, like second year into that. And and the roster looks so much better, so much different, but like this is a roster I would like to have. Yeah. uh, He's, he, I mean, I just, I know you're going to continue, but real quick regarding John, We'll talk about it a little more later as we go into the playoff games because I'm playing him. But you're absolutely right. His roster is beautiful. It's a dream roster to go with. I think he had some tough losses, honestly. Yeah. Because this roster should have been up in the 10 wins area, yeah. at least if not more. Yeah. yeah so absolutely, yeah. I agree with you. You get the short of the sticks sometimes. So that's John. On the one hand, like a, a player who knew what he wanted to do, had high expectations, but like has lived up to those expectations and is doing well, like with his with his turn turning his team from. A, from there's like a regular middle of the road team into like a true contender. Um, next I have who the, the, the team who, if has Sue said and had the Cinderella season, he has had like, I think Jason would be a much bigger story. Jason, if you remember two years ago, was, was a one win team. Then, then he was like a three win team last year. That sucks. This year he was a seven win team within inches of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like he could have been in the playoffs and and if things had fallen his way, the tiebreakers would have favored him because he's a high scoring team. He's been, he beat me. Not that that like gets him into the coach of the year conversation, although it might (laughs) (laughs) Um, like, but he did so well. My, my one knock against Jason is he could have won his final game. He started two players who are out and who are ruled out with like enough time. And, And I know stuff happens, um, but I think like a coach of the year has to like be on top of that on his roster. And if he had made those two changes, like one was his tight end and one was his linebacker. He had tight ends and linebackers on his bench that scored like 10 points each. So he would have won his game because he lost like by like three or four or four points, his wow. final game. So like if he had just made those lineup changes, but other than that, he had a great season um, to be a team that people were scared of. And it's not ending now. I mean, like, 
players like Larry Fitzgerald and stuff are getting older, but Juju Ridley motor Singletary looks good. He's got, he's got a pretty good future with his team. So I think, I don't know. I think he should be up there at least because of what he did, like because of, of, of adding four more wins, be, being a potential playoff team that, that he's in the conversation. And finally, like you talked about factual versus emotional. I think I put my heart out there on these last couple of recaps that I think Ryan deserves at least a nod for coach of the year. Like, like if the voting's there, I, I can't tip my hand, but, but my heart would incline me to vote for Ryan because when you're losing and stuff's not falling your way, it's easy to give up. But he didn't like he, yeah, he sold his players and stuff, but he still made sure to start a full roster every week. He was still like trying to check matchups and like trying to find the best players to start. And because of that, like Ryan technically could have gotten into the playoffs and he was a team that I was like, I didn't want to play Ryan. Like who wants to play Ryan? Nobody. I'm scared. So, and, and the time and effort that he's put in, which comes back to like the Jesus Valenzuela conversation, like, Ryan, I felt like embodied what it means to, to be a coach like of the year. And especially what we look for, like somebody who, despite their losses, kept fighting and, and like saw the results of it, you know? So I don't know. Those are my, do you guys have any comments about any of those guys? I guess just one comment with uh, Ryan. I do agree with it. I, I feel like Ryan uh, should be in the conversation and, and deserves, you know, a little respect for the given record that he has because uh i noticed because obviously he he was talking about uh tanking for this season and whatnot even though he did have that mentality of tanking but him being i guess the the definition of coach of the year um him always setting up his lineups and not just setting up um his lineups with like the weakest players he has or players that are injured or secondaries or whatnot. Yeah, he yeah. set up players that make points, starters, actual players that could that could win him games. Um so he always put the best out there on his lineup rather than trying to take the loss or anything like that, which is very commendable. I I, I like that. I respect that. Um I feel like Ryan should have had a better record than he has right now but it's not it's not bad it's not a bad record that he has right now which is at six and seven yeah it's not it's not bad um i do yeah. feel like he should Dang, have that division a, was so a good little this year. a little bit more wins but um yeah i i agree with you on that uh analysis on on ryan for coach of the year yeah, I was going to just piggyback. Gio hit it before I could do it. We oh, t- sorry. Three of the five teams we just talked about as coach of the year are in that division. I mean, <laughs> and I mean, we're, we're... And we excluded Allen, by the way. <laughs> right, ten who, and, ten who and three. technically deserves to be in the conversation. Exactly. Because... So, obviously, that division, I wanted, that's what I was going to talk about. For Ryan, to be in that division where he had to play three of them, three or, or twice, so mm-hmm. six of his games were against people who are... Well, two of All which play- are in the playoffs, well, yeah, and yeah. the other one would have been basically, uh, uh, despite a few losses. But still, yeah. that division—if you look at it as far as the points that they scored against their opponents—they are the most powerful of, as far as divisions. So the fact that Ryan was in there and he was still able to come out with six and seven, I think that's an accomplishment that's by itself. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have to, I have to do throw it in there too. Like, 
Arturo did a really good job this year. Arturo had the same amount of points as Ryan and Jesus. Um, he faced some tough losses, but he was he was always on top of having his roster set up. A couple times he texted me, he's like, "Hey, dude, like I'm in Mexicali, I can't like I'm, I'm I can't log into my ESPN. Can you just make sure my roster's set for me?" And he was good, but like that that extra effort that he was trying, like shout out to you, Arturo, like good job. Um, do we feel like we can eliminate any one of those? Because right now we have five nominees, right? We have Jesus, Jonathan Garcia, Jason Conti. John Wiley and Ryan Carlton. Do we want to go like to the, I mean, we're not going to vote now, but do we want to do the, the coach of the year voting with those five or do we want to live? Can we eliminate one? Do you think, or do you think they're too close to call? I think five's fair. Out of of 16 teams, five coach of the year nominees is not that many. Yeah. Okay. Five is fair. I mean, if we were have to cut one, um, I guess just my personal hand, my, my heart does go out to, Ryan, but I, like I said, I feel like if we had to cut one, I would cut, I would cut Ryan's team from, from the five that are selected. Okay, I, I I see the rationale for that because he was like six and seven last year as well, so he his like record didn't really change that much. But to sell his picks, get but I mean sell his players, get a bunch of draft picks, and still be like maintain the status quo, I think I think is worth something. That's understandable. Um, I'm gonna keep let's keep those five. I think you're right, Tony. That that's a pretty good amount of t- of people. At, that's, it, it's it's a little bit more, a little bit less. Pardon me, than one third of the league. Yeah. So let's stick with that. So those are five nominees. How about this? If you guys are listening to this, why don't you guys jump on the chat? Tell us. Do you agree with any one of those specifically? Like, is your heart set? Like, yes, Jason Conti should be coach of the year. Or are you thinking? No, I hate John. I'm racist. <laughs> he shouldn't win coach of the year. Okay, like like let let us know. Or do we miss somebody? Do you think Pancho Hill should be in the conversation? Do we think Arturo should be in? Or like, do we think Jake's gonna be in? I'm just kidding. I mean <laughs> Sorry, it's dude. there. Like Jake no, no. I wouldn't vote for myself. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well you didn't on the Pro Bowl voting. <laughs> it's funny. Um but like you did. You set your lineup every 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 week. This is you, true. You were on top of your team. I you did. were trying to make trades. You I made tried. you made some deals. Like you made some pickups. So, I mean, you were there. I think everybody's in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, we've excluded players like like Allen and Tony, who are great coaches. Mm-hmm. But just like Bill Belichick gets snubbed every year for Coach of the Year, I, I don't think they 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 qualify or anything like that. So, those are our nominees for Coach of the Year. Um, why don't we talk about then? Who was the best rookie pick of the year? Like the rookie of the year. Um, if you could go back and you could choose any one of the rookies that you wish you had, maybe who was drafted late, became like a super valuable player. However you want to define that criteria. Tony, who do you think should win rookie of the year? Oh man. Um, I want to take a two part real quick. I don't want to, I won't give two rookies, but there's, there's obviously the obvious, in my opinion, people who projected, obviously, as the first overall pick to be the rookie of the year. He probably will be the rookie. Right. Uh, mm, arguably. He has slowed down in recent weeks, though. That's he the has. thing. Like, he has. And it, in and the I crunch time. I think it's the offense, though. I quite think, it, I think sure. it's the team itself as a whole. But um, obviously, the, that's that's someone who is, who is projected. You Everyone basically would always pick him number one overall. Anybody who had the first overall pick would probably make the same number yeah. one pick regardless. So I'm going to keep him out of the conversation who I was talking about is who I've been raving about for as long as they were playing, 
which was Terry McLaurin, and how late oh, he went, how late he went in the draft. I would have drafted him at least. I would say two through two through four if I could get those insane. ones. I you loved taken him. him? You would, like I thought Jake was crazy for taking him at eleven. I, I wasn't aiming for him at fifteen or sixteen. I, I know like, you were. I think so we like, had a conversation. So I was thinking like early, early second round. You know, I, I think that he's beautiful. He didn't play, he hasn't played the whole year, and he probably obviously he's not even playing anymore, right? He's he's on injured reserve. No, he's still playing. Is he still playing? Okay, yeah, I thought he, he was out basically. He's yeah, been he's injured. been hurt a lot. But for when he's been playing, and if he would have played all the games, you would have been looking at someone who got over a thousand yards with nine touchdowns. That's rookie of the year worthy, in my opinion. I would definitely want a piece of that Washington offense moving forward. Still worried about the quarterback position, but moving forward, I would want that offense. Interesting. This, I, I just have to jump in on a side note. You want a piece of that Washington offense? I am trying to get as far away from Washington because I do not trust that FO. Like that front office, that whole organization, I think is just like stuck being bad. Like that culture that Bruce Allen has built. And, but and so were the like Browns that. though for a few years. And now everybody wants a Browns player. I don't. Well, most I want. I are. want off the Browns. I think the thing yeah, is too. Like I, you see I, it. I don't want like any like, shares of the Browns. Like you saw, the hype was real, but the organization can't stop being a bad organization. But like the, they can't help it. They're still winning games though. They're helping us as fantasy football players win games. I mean, maybe barely. Maybe because like, I, I own Landry, but like. But that's I'm, it. I'm it's loving. Only, that. It's only like a select few. Landry right? Chubb. That's it. Odell Hunt. Huge bust. Okay, Odell Hunt, was a bust. Mediocre. Bust. Baker Hunt, no. bust. Like that, that rest of that defense but for too. first year. I mean, I would, like I said, I, I'm, I'm excited about Cleveland, obviously, oh, for sure. as I am Washington, for the Washington free, moving I mean, forward. We can't, we can't predict what goes on in the future. Yeah. Obviously this is the, the first season where they have all, all these weapons and they're all still trying to yeah. work the kinks out. You know, they're still trying to meld and trying to figure out the formations and the play scheme and all that stuff. This is just season one. So who knows until in, 2020-2021 I do see where you're coming from yeah they there's a possibility that they could be way better next season or the season after that Um, but just from strictly from this season especially with all the off-season preseason hype that that they got or that we were all talking about um, it just they just fell flat yeah. on their face. Flat but on their face. even so, as a player, McLaurin is someone that I would have wanted for. for, okay. for, for I agree. Defender. I would agree with you. I would agree. I. I mean, I just said it right now. Like you, you picked the guy that I was gonna nominate for rookie of the year. Go ahead. Obviously, like I'm, I'm being biased because I, I picked him up in the rookie draft. Well, honestly, when I picked him up, I didn't think he was gonna. He over exceeded my expectations towards him. I thought he was gonna be, you know, average. You know, a moderate wide receiver, um, nothing special. But after the first couple of weeks, blows up, gets the name Scary Terry, like getting those deep ball passes and just looks like a stud. And it looks like from here on out for the rest of his career, he's going to look on a stud. So I agree with you. I feel like the same thing Terry McLaurin deserves that rookie of the year. But uh Obviously, I want to give a, a different uh, option. Uh, I'm going to... Be... Can, can I say something about Terry before we move off of him? Yeah. I, like, I think he should also get mad props for because I think that organization is terrible. I, I like, I'm, I, that's my, that's my like, stand that I'm taking. Mm-hmm. I want no part of Washington. They, they're so bad from, from top to bottom. Not players-wise. They have talent, but like the organization. 
But for him to still be successful, like, and still put up games like he was doing and show what he was doing with who was throwing him the ball? Case Keenum? Case Keenum. Like, and, Case Keenum. and now Dwayne Haskins looks like he's mediocre, you yeah. know, like, for him to still be performing, like, with all of that going around him in his rookie year, you know, I, I think that says a lot for the kind of player he's going to be. Yeah, it, it, it does. I totally agree with you. Um, uh, Dwayne Haskins, um, I feel for the guy. Like, he uh, took, like, all my heart. I really believed in the guy. I loved him in college, the way he played. In, but the games that he's been starting, he's just – He's a rookie. He's just been the pooper, you know. <laughs> and uh, did he poop his big boy pants? <laughs> he did. Bi- he did poop his big boy pants. Uh, but obviously, he's a rookie quarterback. Uh, he didn't play that much in in high school. He played one season in his senior year. Um, so it, obviously, it's going to take time. I still believe in the talent that he has. Um, but obviously, that's a whole different other subject. Uh, so my option for rookie of the year, since it's not Terry McLaurin, I'm gonna go against somebody that I have on my roster, which is Nikhil Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not Nikhil Harry. It's uh, Nick Bosa. I, I guess there wasn't um, any doubt for his talent just because of his 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 brother showed up Bloodline, and showed yeah. out, like you know, and uh, shows that talent. But um, there's still that unpredictability of him just because Joey has been uh, a beast on uh, on defense doesn't mean that, you know, his brother would match the same level of talent and same level of athleticism. I think the moment where I knew that was a good pickup or that was a good pick and I, I felt secure with him was the very first game, his first start of the game, first play, he gets his first sack of the year. As soon as he gets that first sack, I was like, "It's only gonna, <laughs> it's only gonna get more um, coming throughout the season." So he's looked dominant. I love Nick Bosa. Is it bad that I almost feel like Nick's better than Joey though? Because the I think looking at them play, I feel like he plays differently than Joey does. He I does. Think, I think it's. I think I think one aspect of that would be is the is the uh, defensive uh, coach calling. I think that's the the difference between them. Um, I think that's what gives them a little bit of more of the edge. But I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I think it's also where they play, because if you look at San Francisco's defensive line, they have one, two, three, four top five first round draft picks on that defensive line, right. like. Arik Armstead, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, and DeForest Buckner. Buckner. All, all, and they're all really good. Uh, yeah. Solomon Thomas kind of getting faded. Um, but like Buckner, Bosa, and, um, and Armstead are all really good, like individually. So I think when you can't like just double team or chip every single time, like, yeah, Bosa's getting attention, but then somebody else will get there. And so they have to focus. Like, Chargers have that kind of with Melvin Ingram, but Melvin Ingram isn't the same kind of threat as, like, those other guys, and Chargers really don't have that presence in the middle that, that San Francisco has with DeForest. So I do think they play differently. I think Joey might actually play a little bit smarter because you see him, like, during the some plays, he'll realize if he's not going to get there and, like, jump off it. 
Whereas like Nick, I've seen him. He doesn't realize he's not going to get there. And sometimes he gets a sack because he's like, I don't care. I'm yeah. going like, to force it. I guess that's what it. I was talking about. I feel yeah. like he commits. Maybe, All the time. Maybe it's his young. You're right. Yeah. Maybe because he's a rookie, he's just trying to get in there. Yeah. But from what I've seen, I'm, I'm, I was watching the highlights of both, both the Boses. And I, was, I just felt like he was attacking the ball more. Than Joey was. Joey yeah, might be more aggressive. Maybe Joey's a little more calculated, tactical about it. But from what I saw with with Nick, I was like, oh dang, that's <laughs> someone I'd want playing on my team. But mm-hmm. obviously, they both are extremely talented. I'm just a lot more excited by Nick, maybe because he's on the 49ers and they're doing so well right now. It's true. No, and he has a great future, like yeah. at three, four years of, of top level production. Yep. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, so, man, Jake, you you snuck me because I was looking through the rookies and thinking of my rookie of the year, and I was like. Josh Jacobs, I mean, Josh Jacobs has been great. He's been an RB1. Yeah. So, like, he he has to be there in that conversation. Then you look at, like, who went after him. Like, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders. Like, Montgomery has some good games, but the Chicago offenses look bad. Yeah. And, you know, he hasn't lived up to expectations for me. Too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you Your know. expectations? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I was wrong about the Chicago offense. Um, we Miles Sanders. I think we were all wrong, we were all wrong about, about the Chicago that. offense. That was a big letdown. Yeah. Miles Sanders has like flashed, but he's still been what I thought he was going to be like a level two running back, you know, like an RB two, a change of pace guy, like not an every down, you know, all all pro running back. And the moves that Philadelphia made didn't help him. No. And and they're not, they're not committing to him. Like they, they, they know they, they see him in practice. You know, DK Metcalf is what he's, what, what, what was advertised. He's huge. He's tall. He's fast. He can make flashy plays. But he also can't concentrate, and he's not the most reliable receiver. Yeah, you know, Marquise Brown has looked unstoppable at times, but he's boomer bust. Yeah, you he know? just fades out. You didn't always see him. TJ Hawkinson should be like an amazing NFL player, but he's already gotten hurt. He's he's faced concussions. They're using him as a blocker because their O line sucks so bad, and he's such a good blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, what? other than really one game, he hasn't really been there. Um, JJ Arcega Whiteside hasn't shown up. Paris Campbell bust. He's been injured all year. Um, it's like these guys, like there's not really anybody that stands out. I, w- I would say, obviously my bias comes in. And if this were the whole season, um, I don't think Debo should be in the conversation, but for what he's done in the past four or five weeks, maybe I'll throw Debo in there because he's gotten me wins because, mm. but like, but I'm having to rely on a rookie. Like, but because he's starting to show up in crunch time when it's important. Um, but the one guy I was going to nominate, I was going to surprise everybody by nominating a defensive player. I think Devin Bush has to be in the conversation, especially after Devin White was taken earlier. John took Devin Bush short up his defense and Devin Bush, I think is like the number five or six overall linebacker. And you know, those of us who are like in the playoffs, we know like, linebackers are the heart and soul of your defense. You need to have high scoring linebackers to even have a chance to beat other people because the, those are like your wide receivers. Exactly. Like you need your linebackers putting up eight to 10 every week. Exactly. Right. Because that's the margin that you lose by, exactly. you know, yeah. versus starting just a, a replacement waiver wire guy who will get you five points, you know, four or five points, but that's different than 10, you know, and Devin Bush has had splash plays, and, and just standard, consistent play. So I, I think he has to be in the conversation um, for Rookie of the Year, especially um, one of John's weaknesses was in his defense. Mm-hmm. And, and now that defense, I mean, that defense is a lot stronger because Devin Bush is there. Between those three, I mean, 
I'm I'm gonna say it's four because I think Josh Jacobs has to be in the conversation. Yeah, he has to be in the conversation. He's he's the elephant in the room that all of us are just not, not talking addressing. about, right? Like, is there somebody that sticks out to you amongst that four, Tony? Amongst the four that you gave me, I would say well, Devin Bush. You, you already talked about them all. I mean, did did you include Metcalf in there? I did. Well, I mean, I mentioned it, but you I don't think him. I don't think he qualifies for rookie of the year. I think he did what everyone expected him to do, right? Yeah. I think everyone draft, drafted him around three to five, expecting him to be a, a, a splash play kind of person. Yeah, like he'll, he'll like he'll, a flashy guy. He'll, like he'll, he'll be big, he'll be, but sometimes might not be. Right. You not, know? not consistent. I'm gonna say that I agree with you. I know we talked. We shouldn't talk about too many defensive players, but because they say they play such an important part in fantasy football, our league specifically. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Finding a reliable player, Devin Bush, is he an inside linebacker? Yeah, okay. but he's he's fast and young, so they have him like they, they play him in coverage too. Right, I've seen so him. Like, yeah, yeah and that's why I have, to, I have to say that your pick of, of of Devin Bush is probably I would say that's who I would if you're giving me your list. He I would also say has, he's the best. I was gonna say he also hasn't missed time. Like if Scary Terry exactly. had played the whole season, I think my vote would be with with Terry McLaurin too. Yeah. But to have somebody like there every week. You know, consistent, reliable, reliable for right your there. team, though. That's yeah. what's most important. You just hit a nail on the head. It's so important to find a defense that you can rely on for eight to ten. Eight, yep. Kidding me? If I could have a linebacker eight to ten guaranteed, <laughs> I would always have them there. And you're right. Most of the teams that are in the playoffs, they have defensive they have players like they can rely of those on. Those linebackers, you know. In, oh, or, yes, the yeah. guaranteed, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. in in fantasy football, anything could happen any given week. But when it comes to your defense, at least you know, I would say I would say three defensive players that you know are going to put up ten points. That's all you need to, to, to move on. Okay, yeah, That's you're, you're not going to have studs everywhere yeah. in defense. But at least if you have those three, those two, three guys, and Devin Bush is one of them. And he's going to be on, on his team for at least the next five years. So I think that's a great pick. Okay, cool. Jake, I do you agree? agree. I agree. Um, I was like thinking of, of the two, you know, the, the three uh, defensive players that were picked up in the rookie class was the Devin Bush, Devin White, and, and Nick Bosa. Um, obviously, I was – bias thinking Nick Bosa but obviously but he's been great he's been right. great uh I think Nick has also missed like a game or two um uh and then I was on the fence between Devin White and Devin Bush because I I uh acquired Devin White in a trade uh but throughout the beginning of the season Devin White has uh frustrated me so much because he just couldn't get healthy he just kept yeah. getting injured week in week out it was healthy just like Devin Bush the whole season I feel like Devin White is above Bush but um, I do agree with the analysis of with Devin, Devin Bush because I greatly value consistency and reliability over um, anything else honestly if okay. you can if you cool. put up the numbers but if you're week in, week out, uh, reliable, I value that highly. Nice. Okay. So we've got Devin Bush, Nick Bosa, Terry McLaurin, and Josh Jacobs. I'm going to add one more name just to make it an even five. Um, I think obviously he's not the same level. I didn't think he would be good in the NFL, but Jason got a steal getting Motor Singletary, getting Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. Like as the weeks have gone on and Buffalo's, Looking good. I, I like what Buffalo is doing. They have a lot of cap space, good coaching. They're building like a strong organization. Um, they, they've relied on Devin Singletary, and, he, and he's looked good. Maybe maybe he's not a true alpha running back, but if he's getting volume, like he's a good starter. 
So let, that'll be our five for rookie of the year. Let's since we've already kind of mentioned some of these other names, let's kind of try to speed up through this next portion. Who's our bust of the year? I want to go first. You want to go first? Yeah. Let's go, Tony. I hope I don't steal anyone. But bust of the year, I have Justice Hill as the bust of Ooh. the year. Because Justice Hill was being touted as the guy, the next guy there who's going to take over for the aging Ingram. Yeah. And whoever else was there now. I don't even remember their names now. But Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards was there. And he just disappeared. I, you don't even hear of Hill anymore except for maybe to, to give Ingram or Gus Edwards a breather. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how many yards he's got, but he probably doesn't have more than 200, 300 yards on the season. I don't think he has 200. Maybe <laughs> that. Exactly. So I think I would consider him a bust because I think he was being taken late in the first, if I understand correctly. He was like mid-second. Oh, mid-second? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, he, my point was he was – a lot of people had him as their sleeper. Yeah. Oh, it's true, Ingram's it's true. washed out. He's old. Oh, Gus Edwards not really a, a drafted running back. This guy is, even was drafted. He's got the draft capital. wasn't high, but still – Hill was someone that was being touted by a lot of analysts, specifically in the in the world, as a as a dark horse, someone who's going to come in. That was a bust, a complete bust. The the Ravens are doing amazing with Ingram and even Edwards as well when he does get in there. Hill is an afterthought at this point. Ingram's probably got at least one more year in him. Edwards is is doing a very good job on top of that. That's a testament to the offensive line. But still, Hill as of right now, bust for 2019. You think you hit a really interesting point right there, like. Okay, maybe like there's an established starter. Maybe he's not getting the reps. But the fact that Gus Edwards is doing well and the fact that that offense has already put up, what, like 2,000-something rushing yards on the season? Yeah. Like they are running so much and so well that for him to be bad, like in the limited time that we've seen him, for him not to be on the field, for him to be on the field and not performing – makes it even worse. Like I actually thought Ryan got a really good pick when he picked him up because I was like, Oh, like you got the, you got yeah, the so guy that's like a sleeper. Right. But he hasn't shown up at all. Right. Has done nothing. Um, I'm going to go real quick. I'm just going to nominate, uh, Nikhil Harry, um, based Has off to of, be up there. uh, yeah. based off of just injury. He's been out the first half of the season and, um, I picked him up high second, uh, pick overall. And um, the games that he has played, he's put up, he's put up some numbers, but not to the level that I believe his talent uh, should be putting up. So Nikki Harry's my pick. Nice. Okay. That's a, that's got to be a tough one. I, don't, I know we don't want to spend too much time, Gio, but that's got to be a tough one too. Because Nikhil Harry was drafted high, relatively high by the by the Patriots to a good offense, to a great right. offense. And then, are you kidding me? Everyone was like, "Oh my God, Antonio Brown's he's coming. Oh, he's gone now. Okay, Nikhil Harry's back up there." It has been a roller coaster for everyone who's been on the Nikhil Harry train, and I just yep. feel bad. Now, I I I do think he's very talented, and I still think he has a very bright future if he can get healthy again. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. That's a huge bust. Yeah. How many? Like how many games did he play? Two, three, three. I think yeah. three. It like it, it's so sad because I th- I think he's talented too, and I think he's a great pick. Like it looks like he's what New England needs because right now what they're missing on offense is a big body guy. They, yeah. Like they they've got James White, they've got Edelman to to get open and stuff like that, but they're missing that guy who can who can physically win a matchup because right now they're getting guys who can get open, but they have only two. You know, like, so they have two options. They need that third because the defense can can shut down one and can cover two. But it's really hard for a defense to take three guys out of, out of, mm-hmm. out of any given play. And they're missing that big guy in the red zone, get the first down, you know, somebody in, even in the running game to get like an extra block downfield or something. And, and for an aging Tom Brady, Nikhil Harry would be great. But man, rookie wide receivers who get hurt in their first year, do not have a good track record. 
because mm-hmm. it just it slows down their development. And, and oftentimes those injuries, if it's big enough to take them out for a year, that's the kind of injuries that linger. And then yeah. it just slows them down. And we, and we know New England's notorious. You can't keep up. Too bad. You get cut. Yeah. Like, and, and we see like even Jacoby Myers has gotten a chance to play. Yeah, like, exactly. In there. So, huh. I don't know. I, Nikhil Harry's a good one. I feel like injury makes it a little bit weird. Like, because he hasn't played. Like, if he'd been playing and just been sucking, like, that's different. Like, that's why it's hard. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm, I know this is going to sound weird because he wasn't taken that high. Because I want, I want to throw Paris Campbell out there. I think I think I reached way too high on Paris Campbell. Um, but I, I, I knew what I was getting. But I wasn't ready for, for Andrew Luck's retirement. Right. Like, I was, I was drafting for a different situation. And, like, I think that's really hurt. Yeah. And their whole scheme has changed. Their whole offense has changed. They're a whole different team. Paris Campbell's been hurt. He's had soft tissue injuries. He had bone injuries. Like, maybe he is just a small, fast guy who gets hurt a lot. I, I feel like I, I wasted that pick. But. We called him out in the pre in the preseason about how good of a pick it was. After the year that we've had, I don't know if Jay Jaw was such a good pick. With so many injuries to Philly, I think it says a lot that Whiteside Jose Aguilar Whiteside has not made it onto the field. Like they're starting Aguilar, and I don't know if you guys watch the games. Aguilar can't catch. Yeah, yeah like Aguilar can't catch. Yeah. Can't catch. He can get open, but he can't catch. Like Mac Collins is Mac Collins. He's not good. Mac Collins like, is in Miami now. They cut him. Oh, they cut him. See, they cut him. <laughs> like I don't even know. They suck. He sucks so bad. <laughs> like he should have gotten on the field. Alshon Jeffrey is like a walking injury. Like he's so old and slow, but he's That's the best true. receiver they have. Like that's all they got. They are really they they have Ertz. And they're playing Goddard so much because they don't have receivers. But, like, you drafted J-Jaw. Like, why isn't he playing? What is he not doing in practice? What is he, like, not showing the coaches that he can't show up? Like, for, for me, I love that pick that, that Francisco made. But after seeing him, like, it says a lot that a player can't get on the field. Yeah, and right. sometimes that's just I mean you know you know it's better than anyone, Gio. You got the you got to deal with these kind of individuals who come from the college, they come from a different system, and the NFL is not for everybody. Yeah, and yeah. maybe maybe that's the case with with JJ, honestly, and maybe he just needs a year to snap out of it. But you're right. I mean, I think he's technically started like half the year, and he's got like a hundred yards to his name. I think. <laughs> so yeah. he's not he's not he's not getting out there, and if he is getting out there, he's not being targeted because he's not reliable. So, uh, I mean, I agree with you. That is a huge bust as well. Um, I think he was a second round pick too, right? He was a, he was a second in, round in, pick in the NFL. In the NFL, right? He yeah, was a second yeah. round pick. But I think um, when you look at at the Eagles as an organization, I think the whole year has been a, a yeah. wasted year for them. Not what they certainly expected, and not what a lot of people expected. I know we, when we last time I was here, I think we were ta- we were like preseason. We were still we we're about to jump into the actual season, mm-hmm. and we, we were we were loving what we saw. He was doing great. He, he looked great. Everyone was talking about him. Raves. But when it comes to you know where the, when the rubber meets the road, it's not the same always. And that's what I think that's what the situation we have with this guy is he's maybe he's not built built for the NFL. And there's yeah, players maybe, like that because because he's big and lanky. But is he just not fast enough? You know to 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 handle NFL speed or that something. Transition can can kill you. Yeah. Who knows? All right. So all all good points. Um. So we'll talk about that. We'll um. I think probably maybe 
a month after the season ends or something like that, we're going to have our actual awards show where we'll give out the awards for coach of the year, rookie of the year, bust of the year. And our last one, the pooped his big boy pants award. Which coach pooped his big boy pants? Jake, was it you? I feel like it was me. No, I no, feel I don't like think it was. So. Well, can, can I just say something real quick? Okay. This is, I know, I know we have to do this because uh, someone has to be nominated for <laughs> underperforming big time. But this is, I feel, I feel like this is probably the best fantasy football year that we've ever had as far as competition. Goes. Oh, yeah. And I think it's so, the, 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 if you look at the, at the actual final standings, you do, we, we do get an indicator that it was a tough season yeah. for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. And especially, there's, I mean, we'll talk about it because there are some people who don't really play as well as others. Fantasy football, I'm saying. <laughs> but for the most part, I feel like this award, even though we have to give it out, nobody really sucked as a coach this year. Yeah, aside I from, beg to aside, differ. Aside from not playing fantasy football, people Uh-oh. who were playing, for the most part, which is everybody. Well, that takes my nominee away. <laughs> okay, well, you keep, keep your nominee. Keep I'm just saying. Nominee. I'm just saying that this award. It's sad that we have to give it out, but, and I know we do, and we, I know we will. But this year is, has been so amazing that who, even whoever gets this award. If they if if it if we have differing answers, I'm saying, uh, I feel bad for them because it's been a tough season for everyone. Yeah, it's true. Who, who was playing? It, no, no, you're right. Like, I, I'm the way this season is ending right now is already making me excited for next year because I think like we're approaching about as close to parity as you can get. Yeah. Like, everybody can beat everybody. Like, obviously there are some teams that are stronger than others, but like, there's only. I don't know if there's any team that I'm like, woo, I'm playing them. I'm good. Because I thought that and then I lost. Well, for the yeah, first like, two seasons, I you think never it know. was that way. In the first two seasons, if you guys remember, it was like it was half and half. Like half the Oh, league. it was worse than that. <laughs> I think it was like one third of the league knew that they were gonna win. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. they knew that their season was good. For sure. No matter who it was on their schedule, they knew they were gonna be okay because most of the teams, like I said, two thirds of the teams had crap players. We finally reached that balance, I think, as because far as talent Enough goes. years have gone by. Yeah. Enough years have gone by. We have serious players at this point. It, and it's not how it was in the beginning, Gio. Yeah. G- you were with us too, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, in yeah. the very beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. It was, people almost didn't want to play after year two because they were like, oh my God, we have the juggernaut teams and the, all the crappy teams after that. Now, I feel like we've reached that balance now. Yeah. Moving like, forward, it's scary. You're the teams right. that Jason and John took over were crappy teams. Yeah. Exactly. The teams that Francisco and Jesus. Well, Jesus took over a decent team. Like, Jesus took over a decent team. Francisco took over a crappy team. Like, all those teams are good now. They're right. not great, but they're good. Yeah. And the thing is, all the great teams, they're starting to fade down to good because yeah, exactly. time's passing, you know? And you exactly. can't just always have all the good. You can't hit every time. There's no 100% success rate. Exactly. So, who's your Poop Their Big Boy Pants award? Poop Their Big Boy Pants is, I'm sorry to give it to him. But I want to say it's Ruben. Ooh. Razor Ruben. I'm sorry. I was looking at that too. Uh, I mean, I mean, a couple seasons ago, he was top of the, the yep. like, top four. Top four, top. right? I, I know it was no, last season he was a top team. The, co- the last, oh, the past, the few la- the past few seasons, he's been top four, top five. Yeah. He was a playoff team last year. He was playoff he was material scary. teams. I remember. And this season is just fell flat and um i do understand you know his situation everybody's situations is is different like he's you know um invested in uh hold his new business or whatever you know 
Um, and so probably it's uh, affecting his uh, attention to the roster and things like that. Um, and the main reason why I picked him is because halfway through the season, I was just looking at people's rosters and I saw his and I had the urge just to message him and tell him, listen, you gotta, you need to like trade some of these guys. <laughs> like you need to get rid of them. Like I listed up like, a. Uh, uh, at least like five players on his team that were starting on his roster. And I was like, you need to get rid of them. They're not doing anything for you. And so, uh, he responds back saying, um, yeah, I know. I he's just forget you <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Um, but yeah, he's, he says he, he was thinking the same thing, but he just hasn't had time to, to, uh, you know, get in there and, and uh, make trades and, and do things like that. So I, I feel bad for giving it to him, but I feel like Ruben, you know, that's my nominee for pooped his big pants. Definitely one of the highest set of expectations compared to, cause he's, he's going to end up having the third overall draft pick. Like, which his, is crazy. Yeah. At four and which nine, by the way, crazy though. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I got to inter- intercede here because I mean, Jake, you're, I 100% agree with you that he underperformed big time. Mm-hmm. But I don't even I don't think he has to trade anybody away. I think right now he is still a juggernaut. He has pooped his big boy pants because <laughs> he had big boy pants. He has big boy pants even right now. Go even in the I know he's playing for the the poop award at this point. <laughs> he's not in the playoffs. But even right now, his, I think he has like a he's expecting to have like 200 points. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy expectation. He has studs on his team. He should not be where he's at right now. So I agree with you. He's a, absolutely a candidate for that position. Not because he did anything bad as a coach per se. You're right. He could have probably traded, got more better qu- a quarterback, better defense. But he still has studs right now. And mm-hmm. those are people who even right now moving into next season, I'm still afraid to play him. Yeah. I, I do think absolutely he qualifies for the award. But I, I think he's got an amazing team even still. It, yeah. It's funny. like He actually shored up his defense and his defense was really good. It's it's his offense that was lacking more and more times. Like quarterback wasn't yeah. there sometimes. Outside of Julio, his wide receivers let him down. You know, so like there, there's room to improve. But I think that's a great nomination for exactly the same reasons Tony said. Like such high expectations, such a good team, such a scary team, and a good owner, and just it didn't fall his way. Um, Tony, did you have a different nomination? Um, my nomination is going to be. Uh, I would have to say it's going to be. I don't want to steal it from you. Um, Do it. Nah, it's okay. Do it. Because there's there was one person who I Do also it. wanted to nominate. Do it. Um, but I will actually nominate him then. I'll nominate Emilio as as the the pooped his big boy pants for sure. But that's because I think that his team was actually pretty decent. Yeah. And that yeah. his league was abs. Sorry, not his his uh, his division, division was absolutely winnable. At least so for second winnable. Place. At least for second place. Uh, I'm looking at his division. Very winnable. Absolutely, and and yeah. I, it was a matter of not starting players. I know you had to eventually take over, Gio. Yeah. Um, but he, Emilio's team right now is someone that if if it were to go orphan and someone were to take it over, they would immediately, if they were to pay attention yeah. to play the game, they would immediately be a top tier team. Yeah, yeah. immediately yeah. be a contender, like be in the playoff line. And he shouldn't be five and eight. That team should be eight and five. I, yes. I absolutely, absolutely believe that. Exactly. So that's who I would nominate as as poop their big boy pants for this season. I, that that's who I'm not, who my nomination was going to be. Except for you said we can only pick people who actually play. Oh, so oh, <laughs> like, has been uh, I I guess the real question is like, what do we do, Emilio? We love you, but you haven't been playing. I've texted you a couple times. Like you, you haven't been playing. So like, 
I don't know. League, what do you guys think? We're, we're, I, know, I know he wants to like be a part of it. I yeah. know he wants to be a part of it because he's obviously, when, he, when we address him yeah. in the chat, yeah. he'll he get up out. in there and yeah. he'll, have, he'll have fun. But he's not actually there playing. And I know that fantasy football, maybe we have a – I know we are not. Maybe. I know we have a more – I don't want to say difficult. I know we have a more extensive league than most other fantasy football leagues. Uh-huh. But even for it's the most involved. part, yeah. I would say – I mean, I only look at my fantasy football maybe twice a week. And that's maybe for five or ten minutes each time. Yeah. That, that's all I That's all the attention I spend it, to it. If he would have given that same attention, even for just ten minutes every single week, set your rosters, do a little bit of research, make one or two pickups, maybe make a trade – I feel he could have been eight and five easily. Yeah, and he still had did really well. Yeah, and he wasn't the lowest scored team. Like, yeah, he was. He's up there with with those who are currently in playoff contention. Yeah, yeah. like or were playoff contention. And, and you look at like, I think he started Kamara a couple of the weeks when Kamara was out. Like, imagine if Kamara hadn't been hurt or something like that. Like, okay, so well, you just took my my poop to his big boy pants award. Um, if I'm gonna take it away, if I'm if I'm not gonna give it to Emilio, although Emilio's a strong contender to win, <laughs> um, I, I think GK has to be up there. We, we we're talking about how good Allen's division is this year. Ten and three, Allen. Ten and three, Jesus. Seven and six, um, Jason. And six and seven, Ryan. Like how tough that division was. Mm-hmm. You look at last year. My division was me, Ruben, GK, all being playoff teams, and yeah. Francisco like getting some wins. He was a four and nine. Last year, I think. Yeah. Um, like GK and Ruben both came in with such high expectations. GK was our coach of the year last year, mm-hmm. and to see McCaffrey being by himself as good as like three players on my team, like every week. I don't think McCaffrey has had a week below twenty points. This is <laughs> like, and he's had multiple weeks above thirty. You know, like McCaffrey is so good to have such a player of that caliber on your team. And other good players. I think GK made some good trades. But to just... Okay, so GK has the fourth overall pick. GK's fourth worst team in the standings. Like, overall in the whole league. Um, Like, that hurts for somebody who just came off uh, his first playoff appearance and a great season. Yeah, he had one or two injuries. But it's like he bought it into the narrative. Like, the opposite of Ryan. Ryan had a bad start. But said, all right, I'm going to sell team, but I'm still going to try. GK, I felt mentally, maybe even if he still set up his lineup, mentally, he was no longer competing. And that took him out of competition. Yeah. So I think that qualifies him for pooped his big boy pants. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with that uh, analysis. Okay, well, let's get some more positivity here instead of talking crap about these teams. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, guys, are you ready? It's uh, live reaction time. I'm ready. I've, I've texted Jason and John. They both made sure they voted. So we have most, if not all, of our votes in. Um, obviously, we not everybody because some of our people don't like to vote on stuff and click the links or, or read the stuff that I put out. Um, but <laughs> um, no shade being thrown on purpose. We have had 14 responses. That means that there are two people who haven't voted. I don't know who you are, but if you know who you are, I know it's not Arturo, and I know it's not Jake. I know it's not Tony. I know it's not me. I know it's not a couple other people either, but uh, I, won't, I won't say any more names. Let's go ahead and go down. We're going to start with who the AFC quarterback is. 
I thought this was going to be a runaway win for just one guy as I was seeing the votes. Two other votes came in, and they have made it not a 100% win. But, Tony, would you like to announce who the starting quarterback for the AFC is? So the starting quarterback for the AFC is going to be Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Absolute stud of a, of a quarterback. Lamar Jackson. Dude, best running back in the NFL who can also throw. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? He's a running back by himself. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Well-deserved. He he is what Patrick Mahomes was last year. Not in the same vein, but that quarterback that nobody knows how to defend. Yep. Like, imagine, people don't know how to defend him. Imagine if everybody just picked Jameis Winston. Let's just... <laughs> hey, it was close. Only two I mean? people. <laughs> okay, so just, just throwing it up there. Like, the, the options for the AFC were Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Winston. Winston didn't get any votes. Mahomes didn't get any votes. That's surprising. It was surprising. Watson got two. Watson has had a good season. One of them was the Watson owner. <laughs> <laughs> probably was, probably, Jason. Probably, probably. Um, what, the other one was a salty owner who lost to Lamar Jackson. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, okay, so I know I made my prediction about Jason Jameis Winston, and, and he's thrown so many interceptions. But if you guys look... He's a top five scoring fantasy quarterback right now. He is. Because he yeah. throws so many yards and so many touchdowns. He just also throws a bunch of interceptions. He just likes throwing the ball. <laughs> and, and, Somebody and get it. And getting sacked. <laughs> like, okay. Pop fly. <laughs> Pop so fly. the battle no, for the NFC starting quarterback was a lot closer. Yeah. Like, clearly yeah. Lamar Jackson was going to win the AFC because he's – Probably outside of Christian McCaffrey, he's the best player anybody would want of us to have on our team. Jake, would you like to announce who the starting quarterback for the NFC is in the Pro Bowl? The starting quarterback for the NFC is Josh Allen. I'm just kidding. No, Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Wilson. All right. Russell so Wilson. Aaron Rodgers got one vote. Dak Prescott got one vote. Josh Allen got one vote. And Russell Wilson got eight votes. I wanted to vote for Dak because I have him, but I picked Russell. Nah, but I mean Dak. Uh, well, we, we, we know we're not going to hear yeah. him talk about Dak that, had a but... great start, but then he pooped his big boy pants. He yeah. did <laughs> the past he couple did. Of weeks. Russell Wilson, that's absolutely deserved. Deserved. Okay, so just just like we talked about him a few minutes ago, the AFC GK has Christian McCaffrey. I think we all wish we had Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey wasn't. The starting running back for the AFC, for the AFC, I I, I would be can I, I would be like Johnny. I'd be like it's a conspiracy. I'd be but very disappointed. No, Christian McCaffrey with thirteen of the fourteen votes. So that means I'm surprised it wasn't more though. I know. I mean, I I feel like fourteen people should have put yeah. him as as one, but he is there. Now the second running back, there was a little bit of a uh, of a dis- disparity. You know, there there were some high votes. But the second running back is pretty clear. It's going to be Dalvin Cook. Uh, interestingly enough, he's hurt right now. So if he's not able to make it into the playoffs, we'll go with one of the backups. And our two backups are going to be Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. So that mm. means Johnny, Ruben, Gio, and GK all represent their running backs for the AFC. That's pretty to- solid. Now, the NFC, once again... The the AFC this time the votes were spread across a bunch of different players with Lindsey, uh, Eckler, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones all getting a few votes. The NFC was a little bit tighter because as we see in our conferences, one conference has better receivers, the other conference has better running backs. So the running backs in the NFC are much more consolidated. 
there are three clear leaders. Uh, well, two clear leaders and one tie. Tony, would you like to announce who the starting running backs are for the NFC? The starting running backs for the NFC are going to be, the first one is going to be Josh Jacobs for Oakland with 12 votes. That's 12 out of 14 votes. Jake, everybody liked J- Josh Jacobs' season. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on after him, is going backing him up is going to be Nick Chubb, who absolutely is deserving of the second role there. Yeah. Uh, and that was with 10 votes there. Uh, and then finally, we'll go down to the tied first number three would be between Alvin Kamara for New, uh, New Orleans running back with eight votes and Mark Ingram for Baltimore with eight votes. So we have Jacobs as a first stringer, Chubb as a second, and then we have Ingram and Kamara sharing third string. Okay, cool. So I think it'll come down to like injuries or the flex spot the the coach, whoever the coach is going to be, is going to make make that call. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say two people voted for Todd Gurley to be the NFC running back. Have they not watched football this year? Well, one know. of them's me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> why did you? Why? Hey, hey, have I got to my guy. Come you on. have to. You don't know what you're doing. Okay. So this may have been the tightest race of any of them because oh, I've geez. looked at some of the results. Wow. The AFC wide receiver race was spread out so hard. It was hard. It was hard. It was hard to pick. It was a no, tough one. Too. It was hard to pick. There was one clear winner, and that was Mike Evans. So Mike Evans is getting in with 11 of 14 votes. Who's coming in as the second string wide receiver? Jake. Uh, is there Cortland Sutton? That is Cortland Sutton. Which yeah. is so surprising that Cortland right? Sutton is a number two. That is very surprising. That's recency bias. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And I think I think maybe maybe it's because he's been one of the reasons why Jesus has had such a, such a Cinderella season. Sorry, that's a tongue twister. Such a Cinderella season. Jesus is Cinderella. Sutton. Jesus is Cinderella. Yeah, so Sutton's like how much he has done. I guess got him that Pro Bowl nod. Now our third and our fourth wide receiver are ones one that normally would be the first, yeah, and the next who came out of nowhere. Uh, who are the next two, Jake? It's uh, DeAndre Hopkins for with the eight votes. Houston Tex- Te- Texans. Mm-hmm. I'm not to speak. Uh, and then DJ Chark for Jacksonville. Nice. So I think Chark has been amazing all season long. Well-deserved. So we've got two studs, Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins, and two young guys with Cortland Sutton and DJ Chark. So congrats to Francisco and Jesus having their players in the Pro Bowl, in the Pro Bowl right here. Yeah. All right. In I mean, the NFC, it was a little bit clear. There was a hands-down guy that all of us wanted. Tony, would you like to announce him? Absolutely. So... The number one vote, actually, I'm surprised. It's actually barely the number one because there was another player amazing opposite him. But the first one's going to be Michael Thomas for the New Orleans Saints. Absolute stud of a wide receiver. Super stud. Unstoppable. He has been the the, the backbone of my entire offense. Even without Breeze. Without Breeze. He was still putting it up. He's He's just just a beast. He's just one of those players. Um, And then after him, the the number two wide receiver is going to be Chris Godwin. Another... Well, you know what? He's a, I'll call him an ascending stud, but he is beautiful to watch yeah. him play. He's going to go up and get it, and he always does. So he's the number two there. So we have Michael Thomas, one. Godwin with for Tampa Bay, two. And then uh, let's see here. The number three and four, it looks like Tyler Lockett is the number three for Seattle. Absolutely deservedly so. He's also a great wide receiver for them. A lot more reliable than the other ones they have, at least. <laughs> and then number four. 
four. Talk about some recency bias because early in the season, yeah, he wasn't showing up for true. you. He would, but man. he's come down in crunch time. Maybe it's because Metcalf is finally giving him some ch- some uh, some work to do. Oh, I'm talking about the next one. Number four wide receiver. Oh, him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Number four wide receiver. So I, if I'm correct here, because there's a lot of people here, a lot of votes on this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be Jarvis Landry. Yep. Is that correct? Okay. Number He's number four there for Cleveland. That could be recency because you're right. Early on the season, you're right. He wasn't doing as well, but he is just killing it right now. And they're seeing he's very reliable, which he wasn't earlier because he was dropping balls early. People thought that OBJ was going to be there, but no, Landry was able to, is it still able to kill it. So that is one scary. The NFC wide receivers for our Pro Bowl are scary. Thomas? I'm, I'm telling you, I'd rather have the AFC running backs, but that NFC wide receiver core, oof. Uh, yeah, the, you, it's scary. So you talk yeah. about John's team. Can I say? Go ahead. Chris Godwin? Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore all got five votes at least, and Darius Slayton got three. Those are five of John Wiley's four starting wide receivers. Like, Darius Slayton wasn't even in our rookie of the year talk. I think he has to be. Like, he's been great. As a, as a wait, for him to, wait for him to finish the season. He's definitely going to be up there. Okay, yeah. cool. Like, he's so, still got some games to go. So, Matt. Like, just saying how scary that NFC wide receiver core and how scary John's team is. Yeah. He has five wide receivers in the Pro Bowl voting. But you can see why I'm a little scared to play him <laughs> this this week one. Allen I mean, Robinson, one game, 19 points. Like, you're already down behind already. because of that. Mm-hmm. So, All right. real quick, just to wrap them up. So, we have NFC wide receivers are Thomas, Godwin, and then we have Lockett and Landry. Landry, nice. Okay, cool. And then our starting tight end for the AFC is going to be none other then Travis Kelsey um, actually got some interesting votes right here. George Kittle got seven and Darren Waller got seven. I, I have to believe that the George Kittle votes are only so low because of his injury. Yeah. Like, oh, because when he's played, he's been he's unstoppable. So the starting tight end is going to be Travis Kelsey, despite a little bit of a, a slower season. Who's going to be starting tight end for the NFC, Jake? For the NFC is going to be Austin Hooper. For the Atlanta Falcons. With 11 votes. Mark Andrews coming in with 9. Hunter Henry and Noah Fent each grabbing 4 votes each. But Austin Hooper has been great all season long. Arturo made a great trade grabbing him. Mm-hmm. And it has helped his team a lot. Tony, would you like to let us know who the two starting kickers are? Yeah, the absolute kickers. Because we love kickers. The AFC kicker is going to be Harrison Butker for the Kansas City Chiefs with seven votes. So he absolutely surpasses everyone else on that list. It's interesting. Like, three votes for Zane Gonzalez, three votes for Matt Gay, one for Matt Prater. Like, I thought I figured, like, kicker would just be whoever the high-scoring kicker was. Yeah, like, exactly. That's what I thought, too. There was some personal preference in there. Well, I don't think people knew who two of those three were. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and then for the NFC? Oh, the NFC kicker. For, sorry. Uh, we have the NFC kicker winning... Uh, kicker for who's going to represent the NFC is Justin Tucker, Baltimore, with seven Ooh. votes. And then close behind him was Will Lutz. But Justin Tucker for Baltimore, I don't think anyone can argue that Baltimore is killing it. Yeah, yeah and, he's, and so. he's a great kicker. Mm-hmm. He like, Very he's reliable. And he's won them games. Yep. All right, so now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. Um, DeForest Buckner wins, wins the AFC defensive tackle representation with 10 of 14 votes. Lawrence Guy and Sheldon Richardson in there. Matt Ioannidis getting snubbed with no votes despite being a top four defensive tackle. Uh, DeForest Buckner, well-deserved. I think he's just probably the name most people recognized and voted for. On the other hand, in the NFC, I know people voted 
with their minds and hearts rather than, I mean, with their hearts rather than their minds. Because people recognized Aaron Donald despite him having a down year. Yep. He's not a top four in the NFC. Casey yep. Hayward has had an amazing year. Deserved to be in the Pro Bowl. But unfortunately, he only got two votes. Campbell got, Calais Campbell got one. Grady Jerry got one. Aaron Donald got 10. Name recognition, just like the real life yeah. Pro Bowl. He's getting in on the popularity contest. It, the player tied with Christian McCaffrey for the second most straight votes just for him. Tony, who is this, the one of, or who are the two starting two defensive ends for the AFC? For the AFC, we have Joey Bosa for the LA Chargers. With Yay. I mean, it's not even close to the other ones. Only He's close to the second one who is, of course, going to be playing as well. Joey Bosa and Eric Armstead at San Francisco. But again, it's not close. There's 13 votes for Bosa and nine for Armstead, whereas there's only two apiece for the other three. For Golden, Graham, and Hubbard. Yep. Yeah, but that's so that's already a, a beautiful defensive defensive line. <sighs> yeah, scary. On the other hand, Jake, would you like to announce who the starting defensive end for uh, the NFC is and the number two? It's your boy, Nick Bosa, for the San Francisco 49ers. And then following with him, is Khalil Mack for the uh, Chicago Bears. Do you guys notice three San Francisco 49ers defensive linemen are going to be in the Pro Bowl? That's crazy. Like, that's probably going to be in real life also. Yeah, probably. absolutely. Yeah, I don't doubt it. All right, so that's a scary defensive line. The AFC, the linebacker fight was tough. Yeah. Bobby Wagner Ooh. wins the votes with 11. Tied with him is Fred Warner from San Francisco. So two from the a- NFC East. Right? That's the uh, NFC West, pardon me. Right. And the third behind them was a little bit of a hard pick, but Jamie Collins with his splash plays early in the season for New England got the vote. That will be the three starting linebackers with Levante David or Devon J. Campbell being available, each of them getting five votes as a, as a replacement if one of them gets hurt. Tony, who are the NFC li- starting linebackers? The linebackers for the NFC are starting from the top. Tremaine Edmonds, mm. beautiful linebacker for Buffalo. Moving on is Luke Keekley, which is a little surprising in my opinion, because um, he's been he's been decent. But I actually think Tremaine Edmonds has had a bad year. He's he's like twenty nineteenth yeah, or twentieth linebacker. He's down, yeah, but mm. I think he's riding off last year's high. Yeah, <laughs> name um, recognition, right? So I think the same thing with Keekley too. I mean, you you want the guys you know, but again, Tremaine Edmonds is number one with twelve votes. Keekley ten votes, and then moving. Oh, it's, how many linebackers is it? Three, three, yeah. So then the the final one is Devin Bush for, well for Pittsburgh. Absolutely. So rookie rookie of the year for as far as as far as linebackers go. All right. So the AFC quarterbacks was a little interesting because there was one player who qualified as both a cornerback and a safety, but this owner was smart and played him as a cornerback despite him playing strong safety in real life, which is what I'm always looking for. Right now, I'm starting one guy, um, Julian. Love for the for the Giants, who's their starting strong safety, but he counts as a cornerback. So my props to Ruben uh, for knowing this. And Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, with seven votes, is going to be the number one starting corner because he's essentially a strong safety in real life. So he's getting mad points. And then behind him, it's going to tie between Trey Flowers and Logan Ryan. Um, looks like Logan Ryan's probably going to be that choice just because he's been money. For Jesus. Mm-hmm. You talk about one of the reasons why Jesus is there. Logan Ryan scoring like a linebacker mm-hmm. every week. That's true. Uh, Jake, you want to let us know who the starting quarterbacks for the NFC are? 
starting cornerback is Stefan Gilmore for the New England Patriots. And then right behind him is Marcus Peters for Baltimore. Nice. It's crazy. Marcus Peters missed like a game or two because he was traded to Baltimore. And like since then, he's eaten. Like it's yeah. crazy because Mar- the reason Marcus Peters was bad in, in LA was because he was their number one corner and he was getting targeted and he's not that great in coverage. But to have Marlon Humphrey shut down the one wide the wide receiver one in Baltimore and then let Marcus Peters do what he does best and just be a ball hawk, mm-hmm. he has feasted. I think he's had three defensive touchdowns since he got traded to them. Like you don't even yeah, I think you're right. But he's just I mean, as far as players go, I know we're talking fantasy, but as a player He's just amazing as a, yeah. as a player. He, you're you're going to look at him as a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Because as, as I mean, yeah, he, he's he's uh, he's been. I guess the best way to put it, he's always been that guy that will make the play for yeah. your team. There's always one of those people on your on your on your defense and offense for for Baltimore. They've got such beautiful defensive players. Marcus Peters was the smartest move they could have made this season, and he's absolutely, in my opinion, a future Hall of Famer. But that's real football talk, as far as I'm concerned. Ooh, interesting. Okay, so for our AFC safety. Ryan, there was never any doubt. Jamal Adams with 11 of 14 votes. Jamal Adams is there. He's a man. He's a playmaker. But after him, the votes were spread across everybody. Um, Jabril Peppers ended up winning with five. So the rest of the votes are spread between Bethay, Harris, Poyer, Walker, and Reed. Jabril Peppers is hurt in real life right now. So I'll have to talk to the coach about who he wants to take from that, from the backups. The NFC safeties, Landon Collins was the winner with six votes out of 14. So that means that the NFC safeties, everybody liked different ones. Starting opposite him is going to be Von Bell with five. So there was a real, like, everybody, I feel like in the NFC, just voted for their own safeties because, I think so. I think at because point, yeah. like, everybody just likes different guys. Um, Harrison Smith was up there with four votes. Um, Sean Williams with three, Kevin Byard with three, Taylor Rapp with three. Most of these guys, though, they're all studs. Yeah. I would love to have any of these guys on the team. NFC just has really good safeties, yeah. maybe. Yeah. The AFC, on the other hand, they're like, Jamal Adams, yeah, the best safety. Yeah, I know his name. Well, he's <laughs> the best safety. But after him, um, There's nobody. Yeah. I don't know if I want to start any yeah. of those guys. All right, this is where it gets good. This isn't coach of the year, but Pro Bowl coach for the AFC, we had... Ryan Carlton nominated, Gio Montenegro, Jesus Valenzuela, Jason Conti, and Alan Villagran nominated. How many votes did Alan get for Pro Bowl coach? Jake? Oh, man. Savage. Zero. Zero votes for oh. Alan. That, that is so Yikes. savage. Yikes. Like, is, is that just hate? Is that straight hate? For Thir- me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Three straight winning seasons after his team being 0-13. Like, how's he getting snubbed? He's got to be snubbed the same way Belichick is being snubbed. Right? You, okay. At this point, we're just jealous. Exactly. Okay. And interestingly enough, I did not vote for myself to be AFC coach. I voted for you. Oh, you did? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> I voted for Jesus. You would have been, been, been the only one because I got one vote for a Pro Bowl coach. What is this? Five straight winning seasons? No, no, not again, for Pro Bowl again, coach? Again, the snubs. Again, again. People, it's, it's recency jealousy. bias, my friend. People be haters. It's, okay. It's jealousy. Jason Conti, two votes. Pro Bowl coach. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Carlton, how many votes, Tony? Ryan Carlton surprisingly got four votes. Well deserved. Which is a testament to, to him as, as a player, as a sorry, as, as a, a player slash coach for his team. It's true. Four votes could have been enough. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Jake, 
who is going to represent the AFC as the coach for the Pro Bowl? It's your boy, Jesus Valenzuela, a.k.a. the Dragon Slayer. With six Who's votes. Who's now going to be AKA. the AFC coach. <laughs> with, with six votes, AKA Jesus Valenzuela, you are going to be the NFC Pro Bowl coach. Woo! All right, you guys want to check out the NFC? Wow. Oh, right? no. Oh, that's not good. How does, <laughs> how, how does this work? We need a tiebreaker there. <laughs> okay. Let's just roll it down. So, how many votes? So the the options were Mikey Gutierrez, Jonathan Garcia, Tony Herrera, and John Wiley. So, how many votes did Mikey Gutierrez get for Pro Bowl coach? Uno. Oh, that's one big for one. Spanish. Bum, bum, Rough. Sorry, Mikey. Sorry. Also, we haven't talked about him, but he's also an underperformer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much. I would say he still made it to playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tony, I'm going to ask you, how many votes did you get? Surprisingly, I got a total of four votes. Four votes for me. Fancy. Intro desting. Intro desting. How many votes did Johnny get for Johnny got four votes. Oh, snap. So we have two four voters. Two guys tied at four. Let's make it three. John Wiley also received four votes for Uh Pro Bowl Coach of the Year. Now, only 13 people voted on the NFC and AFC coaches. That means there are three people who haven't voted. If you know who you are, you have the tiebreaker. Go make that vote now. And decide who's going to represent the NFC to be the Coach of the Year. We need you. One of you Joe, vote for Johnny. One of you vote for Johnny. <laughs> and one of you vote for John. That would be amazing. <laughs> Can you imagine five votes each? <laughs> well, That'd yeah. be hilarious. That would be awesome. I mean, I already know what Johnny's going to say. It's no, a conspiracy. No, no, no. I should have won. No, 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 no. All three of them vote for Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Four teams with four votes. Oh, that'd be so funny. That's hilarious. That would be awesome. How would that even work? Well, I think that's a testament to how good the season has been for everybody. For Jason, Ryan, uh, Jesus, Jonathan, Tony, and John all to get multiple nods by the people in the league. This isn't like me or just a small group. This is everybody. This is the people's choice. Yeah, it's all of us. And, And everybody thinks everybody did well. So, the NFC coach, TBD. Yes. I will announce that TBD. as soon as we get the next results in. So, that I just want to say, guys, like, well done this year. Great season. Um, we've had some ups and downs. We didn't even get to talk about how Chris failed to live up to expectations. Oh, yeah, Chris. But how, how, like, I think he Still saw it you, early and, like, committed to the tank, you know? Now, we're running short on time. But if you guys are up for it, I'd like to hear your predictions. We can do it quick. All right, let's do this. Jake, right now we are in the playoffs. Tony is playing John. Who wins? I'm going with John. Tony? I got to say, you know what? I know we're we're here. We're recording on uh, Saturday. Mm -hmm. John's already ahead of me right now. If you look at – if we're – yeah, he's up 19.3, and I only have four. I mean, he's had a wide receiver play, though. But Well, his wide receiver, though, I think he got two catches for three touchdowns. 
I, I don't. Okay, real quick. Just real, I want to really talk about Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is great, and he's not at the same time. No, know. no, no. Allen Robinson is great. Mitch Trubisky is not. Okay, Mitch Trubisky <laughs> is not. Sorry. So Allen Robinson has two has five catches for two touchdowns, but only forty eight yards. It's because Trubisky doesn't throw more than five feet. Right. That's but true. My my point is that's clicking for John. These his wide receivers have held him up through. I mean, again, yep. John Wiley should have more wins. We'll talk about that later, but. If I'm looking at this game, I obviously say, oh, I want to win. But looking, I, I'm honestly scared because I know it's going to be so close, but I feel like I'm going to be over, overdrawn, uh, over, overtaken by John. So I'm, I'm saying I'm losing this week. You think John wins? I think John, I think John wins this week and moves on. <sighs> this is so hard because analytically, I think you're going to get the this win. Why? Um, uh, honestly, it's going it. it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to come down to defense. I, I think he's going to live and die by Will Fuller, Darius Slayton, and Tyler Eifert. Uh, I think it's going to be those three who make it or break it. Because Chris Godwin, Galladay, DJ Moore, I trust them all. On your side, I trust Tyler Boyd. I trust Landry. I trust Michael Thomas. Your quarterbacks are essentially a wash. Your running backs, too. Uh, it's going to come down to Watkins, Jeffrey, Doyle versus Fuller, Eifert, and Slayton. And your defense. I think your defense is just a, a smidge above his. Like, your defense is consistent and good. So, I think on defense, you win. Even even the projections are so close. They're three yeah. points off. And it was the same way last week when I played him, too. Yeah. It's gonna, and last it's week was such close. a close game. It was. It was three points off the final score. Mm-hmm. I got – okay, I got to say, I got lucky last week. John oh, should sure. have won because – and I think the last two two minutes of the game where Minnesota, Minnesota was playing Monday night, somehow – Kirk Cousins throws a touchdown directly to the tight end that I was I was I was I was I was uh, playing, so somehow he should have came out with a win. But the last possession that Minnesota had gave me that twelve points all of a sudden to come back. Yeah, wow. and, I, and, they, and I honestly I I can t- I can say it because I'm the one that won. I stole that win from Johnny, absolutely, because he played well. All of his guys did well. So I'm, like, I'm saying in this week 14, it was John a hefty wins. game. Oh yeah, there was 467 combined points. Between you two, like, I think we're still waiting on somebody to break 500 head-to-head. Like, you and me's game got close, and Alan and my's game got close, but we're still waiting on somebody to break that 500 combined points, and you guys got close. My mind goes with you, Tony. Half my heart goes with you. But I kind of want John to win! It would be great for John's dynasty. I'm right. Because like, maybe this might sound stupid. Like maybe I'm not as serious like a player, but I, I love my fantasy football and I love my team. I'm happy having got to ten and three. If I lose week one of the playoffs, I'm cool. I already, I already got to playoffs. My team's ten and three. As a GM, I'm getting my paycheck. I'm good. Right? To put some so, money on do, this. Do you, do you get your Do you get your paycheck because you got into the playoffs? Let's just say like, I get my emotional high because I made it to ten and three, which is a testament to my team. So even if I lose, I'm glad I'm losing to John Wiley. If I were to lose because someone beat me and I underperformed. Question. If you lost to Jesus, would you feel the same? If I lost to Jesus, I would get him a t-shirt that was a Dragon Slayer. <laughs> oh, Jesus has, nice. has my heart right now. I absolutely love what he's done. But okay. uh, again, like I said, my, my vote, I do think John Wiley steals it from me today, this weekend. Okay. John Wiley, you have all our confidence. Don't poop your big bug pants. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, the other big matchup real briefly. We'll just say that you obviously have the bye week Same as Alan, a uh, beautiful, beautiful projected score, but you and Alan have the bye week So you guys are, are safe for this round, but yeah, Gives we'll Dalvin on Cook one week. week to get healthy. Yeah, <laughs> please. 
Because you're going to need it, I think. Yeah, um, I, I, I hope they sit him. Your, I hope they sit him against your Detroit. Your scoring has, has been eerily close. You used to be the you used to be the top dog everyone was scared of, but now your scoring is you've got four or five teams that are matching you up there with scoring. So you should be, you know, scared of whoever comes oh, out of this I'm next match. I'm so matchup. scared. You kidding me? Tony, you said you're okay with getting to playoffs and that's it. Every time I lose a game, Francisco <laughs> was right. Like I'm over there in the corner. Like, Crying. you kidding me? I almost gave up on fantasy football. Once, once Jesus beat me. Like, why do you think we didn't see a recap for three weeks? Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> like, I was like, no, I was over there in the corner with my little razor blade, like ready to end it all. Like, I can't Don't push stand losing, like at all. Yeah, you, I, I think it's fair to say you're probably more scared now than you are last year. Oh, for sure. And then last year I lost. And you lost last year too. But yeah, you weren't expecting to lose last year. I know. Don't remind me. All right, Don't sorry. We'll move on. Me. We'll move on to the, to the okay. next one. Jesus versus Mikey. Tony, who do you have? Okay. Actually, can I go second? No, I'm not ready yeah, for this. Yeah, Jake, sure, go ahead. Sure, sure. Um. I feel like my mind tells me Mikey's going to win, or logically <laughs> speaking, Mikey would probably win. He's got the better team. But every time I doubt Jesus, Ooh. he proves me wrong. And Jesus is – I feel like Jesus is – we've already given him the title of Dragon Slayer, but I feel like he has the other title of People's Champion. Okay? <laughs> um but yeah, so speaking on that, I'm going to pick Jesus, even though I feel like I should be picking Mikey, and that's probably how it's going to go, or teeter towards. But I don't know. Jesus is the Dragon Slayer for a reason, and so I'm going with Jesus full speed ahead. I, I, I got to chime in real quick. because Do you mind if I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Go. Okay. He is the Dragon Slayer. Absolutely. But Mikey's not the Dragon Oh, it's true. Mikey's not the dragon. This no, year. yes, the, he's the, not the dragon. There were dragons. The, dragon. yes. <laughs> the dragon is he's next the week. Dragon. There be <laughs> dragons, but this ain't one of them. <laughs> yeah, there like, be dragons. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, that's Vincent. Anyway, <laughs> the pirate in me. But I, I gotta say that I think that he doesn't take it. This, this, he's 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 done such a great job. But this is where it ends for his. This is the this street. Street. I already told you, I love Jesus, but this is it for him. This the is as end. far as he gets this season because. It's not even just because I think Mikey's technically up right now. He's projected to be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. But looking on a player-to-player basis, but looking at I looked at both their teams briefly, but looking at both of their teams and who they're playing this week, I got to see it. Uh, Mikey scores big. I, I think it's going to be at like 230, 240 points on Mikey's end. Well, we think he's going to have his final, finally have his blow-up game. And I, yes, and I also think that Jesus actually underperforms this this game. I think he's going to drop to like 170, 160 maybe. So you know what the sad part is? That's what he's averaging though. Like that's what he scores on a weekly basis. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's what he has. Yeah. He's just like some weeks he's hit one eighty and his his opponent one seventy nine. Like, just yeah. goes lower. Yeah. Yeah, just and then, and then I think that's what we've been saying throughout this the season is that it's not that a Jesus over uh, performs or like uh goes over like two hundred points or anything like that or outperforms like crazy. But just he does it at the right time. The 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 teams that he has most of the time they just underperform. They score less than he does. And um I agree with you on your on your analysis that like I said, my mind, logically speaking, should pick Mikey to win this matchup. But I'm gonna go with my heart with this decision and I'm going with Jesus and that's why I stick with Jesus. I want it to be Jesus too, but I I think this is where Mikey's gonna be suddenly like come back. It yeah, makes where, sense. where his team it that, that was so good. He That's interesting. Yeah. You said something, Jake. Every time we've doubted Jesus, he's won. So exactly. maybe 
Maybe, maybe it's time for me maybe, to doubt him. <laughs> maybe it's time for me to doubt him so that he wins. Like, yes. I, I'm in the same boat. Everything in me says Mikey should win this game. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I want you to win. I do. Me too. I want you to win too. I just don't me think. <laughs> I just don't think like, you will. Like, this is a game I wouldn't want to put money on because I, oh, I yeah. think like... No, no. E- yeah, everything in my mind tells me Mikey should win. Everything in my heart tells me Jesus is going to find a way. Yeah. All right. That that puts us there with... Uh, until next week, we'll see you like what the playoffs come. Final Super Bowl prediction. Like, I mean, if it, if it's Jesus versus John, this is going to have to go down as the best Super Bowl That's like in the history beautiful. of our league. Right? That would be beautiful. Like... That would be beautiful. Watch them both get eliminated this week. But I feel like, oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, I'm go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Who do you I was think the final be? predictions for a Super Bowl is um, John Wiley and um, Allen. I think. Ooh, I okay. Is it John Wiley and Allen? Yeah, that that would make sense because we'll have to see how the seeding goes after this round um, of who wins. You think John Wiley versus Allen in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Ooh, Tony. I'm going to say it's going to be Geo. You think I'm going to make it? Oh, you're I so you're gonna make, Well, because I think that this is going to be the highest scoring game and then next week for you. Because everyone knows that next week is when p- teams begin to really begin to rest their players and begin to think, okay, let, let's – we're already in. 15, we're, we 16, already have yeah. it. We're good mm-hmm. to go. Don't overstress them. Give them a few – just get them a little warmed up and that's it. Get them out. That's where y- your team, I think, is going to be hurt. So I think that this week is going to be one of the highest scoring playoff weeks. The next week – you're still going to win. Whoever you play against, I think you're still going to win. So I'm, I'm saying it's going to be Geo and whoever wins the game. I don't think Allen's going to be in the, in the Super Bowl. It's you don't whoever, think Allen's going to be there? Ooh. Because I think, I think if Jesus were to win, he's going to go on to slay Allen once again. Absolutely. Ooh, dang. That, or, that, that means that you're projecting yourself to beat John because that'll recede to me versus you. No, no, no. no. It'll be no. You're projecting John to beat you, yeah, because then it'll recede to to me me. versus John, right? And And so then Allen versus Jesus, Allen versus Jesus, or Allen versus the battle of the brothers. Like, imagine. That's what I'm thinking. So I, 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 no offense to Allen, he's done great. He's already, you know, he has a beautiful team. But I think this is not going to be his year. Are we all being like jerks to Allen? Allen has done nothing but like prove that he's like one of the best owners. Amazing. So we don't. He already knows that. We don't talk about. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just that, kidding. Like, we're, 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 we're tired. Thanos was last year. We're we don't tired. want to deal with We're it. tired of Thanos, okay? Yeah, like it's all about the Dragon Slayer now. Exactly. All right. The Dragon Slayer is hot. That's um, why. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out there then just to go completely against the grain. Um, I want it to be me, and I want to play versus Tony in the Super Bowl. That's, that's what I want it How to would be. that happen? Uh, if I would, win against John, then I go against the winner of that. Yeah, and then that would mean Jesus would win his game, and then you would beat Allen, uh, and I would beat Jesus, and then we play. That's what I want it to be. But I think it's going to be John versus Mikey. Ooh, <laughs> John Mikey. <laughs> Mikey blows up at the right time, and you think beat, John he wins beats this you. week? Beats me? Oh, Mikey beats you. Okay. Yep. John beats you. John beats Allen. I actually like Man, that. that would be ridiculous. I like that. I like. <laughs> I, that. I want. I want to see John in the Super Bowl. We gotta record this somewhere. <laughs> I do want. I do want to see John in the Super Bowl. But but oh, I, mean, I would love to see John. If, if Jesus doesn't make it, like that's that's sad. He's not a Cinderella. But if he does, like I mean, none of us are saying Jesus is gonna be there. But if Jesus makes it, like, whew, 
the people's champion. There you go. Yeah, yeah, it's already been an epic season. Regardless of who's there, like I feel like that's why maybe it's maybe people are like looking at me like I'm crazy, but I already feel like the season's already been wonderful. Whatever happens from yeah, here is crazy, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, thanks for getting together with me. Um, on the chat, I'm also gonna post a document. We've gotten some pretty cool um, rules changes proposals proposed by a couple of the different owners. So if you guys want to go already and start talking about them, we're going to have our rules conference uh, like January 26th or 27th. Yeah. Um, I think sometime in the middle of January. But you guys can already start looking at them and seeing maybe as the playoff games go, like you can try and see like, oh, well, how would these rule changes have affected things? Um, so we'd love to hear your feedback. Start talking about them. Uh, go vote in the Pro Bowl if you haven't. And who do you think deserves to win Coach of the Year, yeah. Rookie of the Year, Bust of the Year? And did you poop your big boy pants? Let us know in the chat. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Tony, pleasure to have you here. Jake, you're the best. For the rest of you guys, you guys are awesome. Love you guys. Keep playing. Hasta la vista. All right. Peace. All my life been hustling and tonight is my appraisal. Because I'm a hooker selling songs and my pimp's a record label. World is full of demon stocks and bonds and Bible traders. So I do the deed, get up and leave a climber and a sadist. Yeah. Are you ready for the sequel?